there's all these little things that made me uncomfortable when I was younger. As in, it made me like, oh, I just want to hide that part of myself or I wish it was, you know, more likable. It just made me stand out like a sore thumb. And something that I really learned is that I have to embrace the fact that my experiences have made me who I am today. Hey guys, it's your host, Dasam, here with our 27th episode of Before We Make It, whoop. And sadly, Emma is not joining me today. This is going to be a solo episode. I'm honestly really heartbroken right now because I love hearing her chime in in the beginning of our jingle here. We're going to do two back-to-back solo episodes. Emma will be coming on next week. We're going to get a little personal. We thought it'd be great to kind of dive in to some topics that really resonate with each of us individually and get into that because we've never done that before. Y'all seem to really resonate with when we put ourselves out there a little bit and make sure that we're shedding some vulnerability on our lives and honestly, our backstories. We're going to start off with truly obsessed. Man, this is usually the part where I'd be like, take it away, Emma, and she would say her part, but she will be back next week. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. As far as my truly obsessed of this week, I've really been into the color mint. It always comes around during the summertime. Like it literally reminds me of like mint chocolate chip ice cream. So good. And I've really been into mint as a fun nail color. Like I have it on my nails right now and a French tip and also like working out super random, but literally such a endorphin high when I start working out in the mornings. And I've been doing that a little bit more recently. Last but not least, this has to be just like a lifestyle constant for me at this point, but it's journaling on my iPad specifically because I love being able to like erase, you know, be a little perfectionist with the way that I like write and I guess structure my journal entries of the day. And three things that I've been doing every morning, which I really recommend to y'all is one, a pulse check as in like, how am I feeling? If you're like a verbal vomiter or like a verbal rambler, then sometimes you just got to do it to your journal because your friends aren't always going to be available. So I do a little feelings vomit as my pulse check part. And then secondly, I jot down three moments of gratitude from the previous day so I can reflect a little bit and then let that go so I can move on to my third part, which is three causes for joy, which basically gets me excited because if you're anything like me, you just have to have something to look forward to in order to keep going. So that's definitely my obsessed. Sorry, that was a little long, guys, but Emma's not here, so I'm making up for the both of us. And so as far as my reality check, I am currently in Seoul, South Korea, which is very relevant to this episode. And I am going to be here for a month and a half. I'm currently staying with my grandparents. Honestly, I haven't been in Korea, which if you don't know, I was born in Korea. I am 100% Korean and my entire family is here. I haven't been here since I was literally like a high school graduate so four years ago. So it it's such a different vibe because I'm older, I'm more mature, I have a little bit more of a adult perspective on traveling now because I've done it by myself and I've done it with friends before it was just family. So yeah, it's interesting to be back in South Korea, but I'm so excited to be here because I feel like I reclaim a part of my long lost, like hidden identity almost when I come here, especially since I grew up 
in a Korean household, but at school and in my community, I was very much Americanized culture-wise. Like I am very American in that sense. So I think it's really cool to see the differences, the stark contrast, and also find a little bit of my family and my past and childhood here. So if you guys don't know, I'm working on my first novel, which I'm so excited about. So I've been working on that, which is crazy. I have a whole semester off. I'm so privileged and so grateful. I wanted to make sure that I am doing things that I truly love and that are progressing me in some manner throughout this. So I've been really focusing on that. But guys, as far as this episode, let's get personal. I'm going to be talking today about fitting in, growing up as a Korean American in the United States, letting go of fear, and last but not least, how to stop people pleasing. These are four big categories that I want to touch on, and they all kind of flow in together. But it's honestly something that I have really struggled with my entire life. I said in a previous episode that I've always been very insecure to some extent, and that has really stemmed from the fact that I felt like I didn't belong in a lot of the areas that I grew up in, especially since I was moving so much. So backtrack a little bit. You know, this episode is going to get very personal. A huge part of my identity, guys, is my multicultural background. And it's the fact that I was born in Seoul, South Korea. I lived in Melbourne for a couple of years when I was younger. I moved to Washington State when I was like six years old and then Texas when I was 11. And then obviously I moved to College Station for college. So all of that in between, it has taught me so much about adaptation, the fluidity of who I am and what makes me belong and why do I even want to belong anywhere in the first place, right? Because now that I'm an official, unofficial adult, you know, 22 out of college. I could say that I'm an adult because I, you know, I'm financially independent, but at the same time, like I also feel like a little kid all the time, right? I'm sure everyone can relate, but that's just the thing. I feel like I have a little bit of reflection ability in me because I could look back and say, wow, like why did I care so much about these things, you know? And it could really impact the effects of these influences in my life today and some of the main things that I learned, which I really want to share with you guys. So as far as fitting in, more so in high school, I would say in middle school, maybe less so in college, but there's still this like feeling of like, oh, I need to fit in as in I need to belong. I need to satisfy the status quo and I need to be likable. I need to please people. It all kind of goes in the same bucket. Fitting in, people pleasing, all of those things are literally some of the things that sometimes chain us to certain mannerisms, certain types of clothing, even certain lifestyles or certain career paths or whatever, because we just want to fit in. We want to do things that are conventional and that are accepted in our society and that people, other people think are like really cool and stuff, you know? And I've been seeing all these TikTok trends actually so funny and people saying like, oh, expectations versus reality. Like, oh, this guy is pursuing photography in Europe. This girl is, you know, getting married and already has three kids. And I'm over here like single in a kitchen full of plants, you know, or something like that. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that there's really absolutely (laughs) no single definition of what is acceptable, what belongs, etc. Because we're all so diverse And we're all so different in our timelines and our lifestyles in the people that we embody and why we embody those kinds of people, right? So I have to say, as far as fitting in, something that I've really learned is that I have to embrace the fact that my experiences have made me who I am today. So even if 
there were some uncomfortable parts where I didn't fit in or I was made fun of because honestly, guys, I literally was so not mainstream when I was younger. I was a book nerd. I didn't even know who Justin Bieber was in fifth grade, which is shocking, literally. And I also like had really frizzy hair and just didn't even know how to apply makeup. Not at all fashionista. Probably dressed like I was straight off the catalog of justice until high school or something. There's all these little things that made me uncomfortable when I was younger, as in it made me like, oh, I just want to hide that part of myself or I wish it was, you know, more likable or more trendy or whatever, because it just made me stand out like a sore thumb. And that might have led to like being picked on or teased or whatever. But the thing is, like, as far as fitting in, especially as an independent adult who now can make her own decisions and realizes like, hey, I don't want to conform. Like, I don't want to, you know, fit into a box for other people. Like, I actually want to express myself in all my multifaceted beauty, you know, embrace your experiences and embrace even the ones that have embarrassed you stupidly and even the ones that have humiliated you because you feel like whatever you express yourself or whenever you showed a side of yourself that was truly authentic, it just didn't come across right for other people. But we don't realize that it starts with ourselves. Like it's like once you accept yourself, that's when you can radiate confidence. And once you accept all like the negative experiences, you know, all the like quirky sides of you that maybe aren't conventional and maybe aren't like the most likable, but still make you you and honestly are probably endearing to like people that truly love you. That is when you start to become comfortable in your own skin. And instead of fitting in simply like, you know, being a conformist or being like a carbon copy of someone else that you aspire to be like, which you're never going to be because they're them and they're individual in their own ways. And there's no way that you could absolutely reciprocate that. Once you accept yourself, that's when you not only belong, but you also attract. And once you start attracting, like not only are you not a follower anymore, but you're a leader and people are like, whoa, like honestly, she's setting the standard. She's setting the trend. And it's really because she rocks it with confidence and grace and this idea of like, okay, maybe it's not super conventional or maybe it's not super popular as in it's not adopted by the majority, but I like it. And honestly, I rock it and other people follow and then it becomes something that causes someone to be belonged. Does that make sense? It all starts with accepting yourself. It all starts with being comfortable with the parts of yourself that aren't necessarily the most comfortable And honestly, just realizing that fitting in, belonging, it's all a ton of baloney. (laughs) I never thought I would say that word, but it's all something that is honestly kind of mythical because I feel like everyone feels like they're alone in some aspect of their life, of their interests, of their personal tastes or preferences. And because of that, like you can't ever truly, you know, just like relate to every single other person on the planet on every single thing. But we want to belong so badly because at least for me, you know, growing up, moving around so much and also being like Korean American and being different, like physically, also like in the way that I would talk or act, like I definitely had Korean culture influences on my behavior for a long time and like everything. Whenever there's a part of you that just stands out, you want to feel safe. You want to feel protected. And not only that, you just want to feel like you can just be, like simply be and exist. 
and no one will say a thing. You know what I mean? Like you just don't want to stand out because if you stand out, then you're suddenly in the wrong category. And it's like, why am I even persisting in this wrong category? Let me just conform. Let me just acclimate because that's easier. You know, it's all about comfort, discomfort, and just displacing any sort of sense of, oh my gosh, like I'm outside, like I'm an outsider. Honestly, the things that make you who you are, like your actual makeup is something that you literally flourish in, you know, because that's where you are most comfortable. So never suppress your individuality simply because you want to fit in. And it all starts with self-acceptance. It all starts with a sense of comfortability in your own skin, not the carbon copy of someone else's. And then from there, you start trendsetting, you start leading and people follow and people just fall in love with you because you're in love with yourself and it shows guys, it really does. So yeah. And then I want to move into the whole growing up Korean American thing. I think it's interesting because it is difficult to satisfy people's expectations of you when they are limiting rather than liberating. So for example, when I was growing up Korean American, Asian American, etc., I had these expectations on me to be extremely intelligent and good at math and science, you know, all those things. And I definitely lean toward like the type A personality but I'm also very creative. Yes, I love to study and all that, but I like to do a lot of other things too and I get very distracted. So (laughs) growing up with expectations of you, I mean, if you could relate, I definitely think it's important to recognize that you are not chained by those expectations. Like they do not have a hold on you, even if it feels like that. Something that really was ingrained in me from a young age was that I was different, right? And different can be the same as bad, basically. And what I realized is that no, different is just different and it's not bad. Like you have to embrace differences because once you get outside of your bubble and travel the world and go to different countries, see how people act differently, eat differently, even dress differently, then you start to realize that everything that you assumed is right in your world is actually probably the stark opposite in a different world. Something that is deemed beautiful in the US can be deemed ugly in a different country. Something that is deemed beautiful in Korea, for example, like having really beautiful, like paler, kind of like rosier skin is seen as less beautiful in America where people aspire to have like tanner skin, right? Like that golden sun-kissed look, you know, lots of bronzer and self-tanner, etc. I had to recognize from an early age that just because I was different doesn't mean that there was something wrong with me or that I had to change to appease others. It simply meant that I grew up in a culture that valued things differently than American culture. And honestly, I loved both. Like I loved growing up in a melting pot. I loved having that insight into, wow, people are different on the other side of the world. It really taught me a lot about not making assumptions and not casting aside diverse opinions, even diverse backgrounds, diverse beliefs, and realizing that at the end of the day, we are all human and we have basic, basic common ground and like morality and all those things. But the little things that don't really matter, but sometimes matter more than they should. I remember 
I would have like very interesting lunches that I would bring to school. And my friends would be like, what is that? And honestly, (laughs) it takes a level of open-mindedness to like not only shy away from like teaching others about your culture, but also recognize that other people, they're not necessarily being rude. It's like a simple bite-sized morsel of ignorance that they're handing you by saying that you are different and therefore that is bad right? So yeah, I think culture is something that you really need to embrace in your own self and in others, truly, like being open-minded and wholehearted in the way that you approach differences is so valuable. And that's really something I wished I would have known earlier, especially since as you leave your hometown and go to college and then later to the city of your full-time occupation, you're probably going to be exposed to a lot more diversity than maybe you did when you were growing up. I mean, it's different for everyone, but I think diversity is beautiful. I think it's something that really enriches our lives. And that's why people love traveling, right? That's why wanderlust is so insatiable sometimes because you just simply can't get enough of being mind blown. Like, Why do people cut bananas in small slices, small circular slices in the US when in Peru, they cut it on the side like in long slices so that it would take up more surface area on on a pancake, for example. You know, like it's so interesting to question. It's so interesting to learn and be like, wow, this is cool. So yeah, whenever I was growing up Korean American, and I felt like I was different and it was hard to belong. I had to remind myself that no, like this is cool. Like the fact that I speak a different language that most people, you know, to them it sounds like gibberish or alien. <laughs> it's cool. And it's something that I need to be proud of more so than surprised because it is different. With belonging and fitting in, sometimes so many things that are seemed as different are seen as bad. And I want to keep reiterating that because I definitely want to break out of that just notion like different is not bad. Different is beautiful. Different is interesting. And it's something that adds a level of individuality to you, you know, and texture in a way, especially with writing. I've just learned so much about character development and how every single person is so, so interesting in the way that they have different motivations and intentions and different ways of perception and thinking because of their upbringing or their past experiences. And it's all about embracing that, but it really starts with yourself. And when I was growing up Korean American, I really wish I would have embraced myself more. And that goes right into people pleasing. And my advice for anyone out there who struggles with this is one, people do not think about you as often as you think about yourself. As in, if you are worried that you offended someone or you're afraid that, you know, someone thought your outfit wasn't cute or that someone thought you were rude or someone thought you were too shy or not bubbly enough, or maybe that you weren't smart enough in that group project or when you were talking about that political topic or something. If you're thinking about those things, then realize that that person is probably not thinking about that thing and they probably are way too preoccupied with how they were perceived to think about how you were perceived by them. Does that make sense? It's really something that 
blows my mind because I was so, so preoccupied with people pleasing for a very long time in my life. I found a lot of affirmation in people liking me. (laughs) And isn't that funny? It's like, why do you care? But I think it's when people like you, it just gives you a sense of like credibility. It's like, oh yeah, DeSalm's so blank and blank and blank. And Obviously, if people are talking about you, you want them to say nice things, but people pleasing can sometimes take on a literal force of its own to the point where you prioritize other people's desires, wants, and needs over yours. At the end of the day, like, yes, they may be grateful, but they probably aren't benefiting as much as you are sacrificing. People pleasing was something that really did stem from the fact that I wanted to fit in, that I wanted to belong. And honestly, this is definitely directed more towards people that are still in school, still in college, etc. But also like it's going to filter into the workplace, into adulthood, into your adult community of friends, etc. And I want everyone to know right now that people pleasing is a futile practice. It's something that is not going to yield fruit for you or the people that you're trying to please. People see right through that and people also want you to thrive in your own and people also want you to do things that are benefiting you more so than burdening them with this sense of like, oh my gosh, they're doing all these things just so they'll, I will like them or something, you know? A lot of people don't realize that when you people please, you will never ever reach 100% satisfaction rate or 100% success rate. Not everyone is going to like you and not everyone is going to hate you. That's a guarantee. And honestly, sometimes we get so cognitively distorted with, oh my gosh, like I feel like just because this one person said this one bad thing about me, now everyone thinks that. Or just because this one person said this one good thing about me, I need to live up to that expectation. I, I need to continue to make every single person think that of me. Like we have this distortion in our heads where we apply one perception to everyone else or apply one expectation to now appease everyone else. And it's a lot of work. It's so much work and it's draining. You don't have energy for that, honestly. Like your energy is so, so valuable. I think I've learned that I need to expend more mental energy in bringing my best version to the table because that is what's going to give me satisfaction and the other person's satisfaction. It's going to be mutual edification and it's not going to be one-sided and we're both going to feel charged and fueled. And then at the end of the day, like our relationship is going to flourish. I'm going to flourish. They're going to flourish. Like it's going to be great, right? You know, authenticity is a binding force. It is something that truly opens doors and breaks down walls and barriers. So yeah, I definitely think if you're trying to make progress in someone liking you or feeling appeal towards you, people pleasing is not the route and it's not healthy for yourself either. And in this world of likes and comments and, you know, just posting all of your greatest assets online. It's crazy. Like from your friends to your clothes to your even experiences, you want to put it all out there and you all want to like show off in a way because you want people to like you or think highly of you. But at the end of the day, authenticity binds all forces together and people pleasing is a draining, you know, one-sided endeavor where no one wins. Whereas bringing your true self to the table and expending energy for you rather than the other person is actually going to be mutually edifying. So that's a huge point that I want to make there. And the last thing I want to touch on on this episode, guys, 
is letting go of fear because this is such a crazy hard thing to do. Honestly, what I've learned is that the antidote to fear is faith. And what I mean by that is, yes, spiritual faith, religious faith, yes, but faith in yourself, faith that all forces work together for good, faith in the sense that even if I put myself out there and I'm rejected or I fail miserably or it's a humiliating wreck of a show or something, I have faith that I'm going to learn from it, that I'm going to grow from it, that I'm going to become a better person and I'm not going to be weighed down by this burden of regret because the biggest thing that you should honestly fear is regret and that is the biggest thing I've learned to fear which is interesting because now you're like kind of playing this game with fear. You're like, okay, I know that you have a stronghold over me, but I'm not going to let it take control because I'm not actually fearful of doing something. I'm fearful of not doing something. (laughs) Seriously. And this has helped me so much. I think I started letting go fear when I realized I actually only have one life and people don't actually care that much about what I'm doing. And the more you start putting yourself out there, whether you're shy and you want to make friends or, you know, you want to start posting more on on the internet or you want to start applying more to jobs or even if it's you want to start reaching out to more people to get clients for your business, etc. The more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to fail. And the more you fail, the more you're going to realize, oh, this isn't that bad. People don't actually care that much. People aren't going to laugh at me for the rest of their life because of this one failure. They're actually going to admire me because of my perseverance and the fact that I got up and that I'm persisting despite the failure. That causes respect to bloom out of everyone that you are scared of letting down. This all filters into the same topic, like belonging, people-pleasing, fitting in. Fear is just something that prevents you from being your best self, your best version, because your best version is not going to be one that's held back by fear. Like It's going to unwaver in the presence of fear because more than fear, there is courage. And courage is not easy to come by. Like Courage is definitely something that I didn't have for a very long time, especially when I was in like middle school and high school. If you want to let go of fear and you're scared that, oh my gosh, like I'm actually also bitter to the people that are more successful than me and that are doing better than me. And I don't want to actually put myself out there because I'll never get to their level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like who cares? No one is, is going to do it like you. And honestly, it's going to feel so much better for you because this is about you right now. It's going to feel so much better for you to do that thing. Who cares if it measures up to whatever standard or whatever metric you're using to compare you and this other person that you're comparing yourself to? It's really all about you, your life, and you living your best version of your life. There is no one-size-fits-all solution or definition in the dictionary for what is the best, what is perfect, what is success. And I think that's the whole point of this episode, guys. And if you're trying to let go of fear and you're being held back by all the what ifs, literally think about the why nots. Because the what ifs are the worst case scenarios that you're probably conjuring up in your head and they might be really bad, but also like why not? What do you really have to lose compared to what you have to gain, even if it is a failure? All the abundance of learning and growing and just experiencing that you're going to do from any endeavor that you undertake that requires a little bit of overcoming fear, it's going to be so worth it. I don't think anyone does anything 
without overcoming fear first. Literally anything. Like for me, when I was in South America and I was doing a lot of like physical activities that I was terrified of, whether it was zip lining or horseback riding or climbing a mountain, I was so afraid. But sometimes, like I feel like fear levels or like earthquake levels, like sometimes it is very, very, very slight. Like the tremor is so slight. So you could easily overcome it. Sometimes it's like a whole earthquake in your mind, like mentally. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't think. I am so terrified. Like I'm petrified by fear. And that takes a lot more foundation, guys, like sturdy buildings. Think about sturdy buildings. It takes a lot of foundation to overcome that fear. And that foundation comes from constantly, constantly beating fear over and over and over and holding on to the truths that you know deep inside of you and making sure that those truths do not waver and aren't weighed down by like misleading beliefs of I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, or you know, people aren't going to like me, all these things that are actually so untrue and the foundation of your core being should be held up by truths that are actually liberating and not chaining you to from doing the things that you love and doing the things that you dream of. So yeah, guys, that is my little motivational spiel. I hoped that it was helpful and I did try to make it as personal as possible. I want to share more of my story definitely in future episodes. But guys, I really hoped you liked this. We're going to close off with our last segment, Endearing Awkwardness. I love this segment personally. And (laughs) I'm going to tell a quick story about the time I was forced... to audition for the volleyball team and mind you guys when everyone was at the gym and you know helping out with athletics whatever I was literally in the library I was working for the library as a library aide during gym time and that was my activity of choice like I chose to do that I did not want to physically exercise I was very happy in the middle of comfortable books that did not speak to me (laughs) oh gosh that sounds so bad but no like I am a very extroverted person but middle school me was a whole wreck it was dark times. <laughs> I mean, if y'all know, y'all know. But basically, this story takes place in seventh grade, I believe. My friend was trying out for the volleyball team and she was like, oh my gosh, you have to come. Like, you have to come. Like, just do it with me. It'll be fun. So somehow I get her to convince me and I'm wearing flip flops. I don't know why I was wearing flip flops, but basically, I didn't have any gym shoes. And I was also wearing jeans and like a t shirt. And it was definitely not gym appropriate, but basically she was just convincing me and it was very lax. So I was like, okay, whatever. I I don't know what was going through my head. And so she goes, oh, I'll just lend you some shoes. So mind you, her feet are like so much bigger than mine. I'm a five and a half in women's. She was like an eight or something. She gave me these big shoes. I put them on. They're literally like clown shoes on me. Like I don't know why I agreed to do this. I was very peer pressured into this. I wear these clown shoes into the volleyball court. Everyone's like looking very athletic, muscular, know what they're doing. I don't even know what the rules of volleyball are. I'm just here for a good time, I guess, or an embarrassing time as you'll soon find out. (laughs) I um, start running around, but I could barely keep up with everyone because of my clown shoes. The coach is like whistling at me because I'm lagging behind and I'm so embarrassed and I'm beat red and everyone's staring at me, but I keep going. I don't know why. I'm um, running around and lagging behind 
mind. And then it's time to like actually play volleyball. And as we're playing volleyball, I kid you not. So I went in to like bump the ball, right? And I accidentally hit like a part of my knuckle that was really painful. So I was like in pain. And as I was in pain, this volleyball comes for my head and literally knocks me out. I wasn't unconscious or anything. I was just like breathing really hard and in a lot of pain and on the floor and totally embarrassed in front of everyone. My coach is like shell shocked. She's like, um, I doubt that I've ever seen this happen before in like an audition, like tryouts. Oh, it's not audition. It's like tryouts. Yes. This is how much I know about sports. I was hyperventilating and it was awful. And I was basically trying not to, you know, cry in front of everyone. <laughs> but then of course, like the, the tears start falling and I'm crying a little bit and it's super embarrassing. And the coach just goes, she's just looking looks at me, shakes her head and she's like, just go home. And so I'm like, okay. And so I leave. And while everyone else is like watching me, it's so embarrassing. I literally fell in my clown shoes and wearing jeans. Like what, why, what, what am I even doing here? And I'm like waiting outside. It's literally like the walk of shame. I get outside. And then of course my crush at the time is standing um, right outside because the gym was across from the bathroom. And there's like the boys bathroom, the girls bathroom right next to each other. My crush is sitting right outside and he's just kind of looking at me like with a look of pity in his face. Doesn't say one word to me, makes it awfully worse and just like leaves. And I would just wait out there absolutely hoard humiliated, mortified. I tried to say humiliated and mortified at the same time. It came out as hortified. And basically, I will never let my friend live down the fact that she caused that humiliation because I didn't want to try out, but she told me to. But anyway, guys, that's my embarrassing story of the week. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to talk to you more about this topic personally. If you like to message me on Instagram at disom underscore L33, it is in our description as always. But guys, make sure to follow at before make it on Instagram. We have new episodes every Thursday. This is episode 27 of season two. I am so excited to keep going. And also guys, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts whenever you have the time. It really helps us so much to spread our word out. Leave us a five-star click, or if you want to write a couple sentences, that'd be amazing too. And we are still currently looking for a producer, podcast editor, someone to help us out with editing because it is quite an endeavor. But if you have any experience in the video editing realm, please let us know. And last but not least, comment a volleyball emoji on our Instagram announcement post if you're still listening because I love you and that would mean the world. So yeah, bye guys. I love you so much. And Emma will be here next week and I'll really miss you all guys. Bye guys. (laughs) 